0: Submitted. We'll hear argument next in number 891322, Oklahoma Tax Commission versus Citizen Band of Pottawatomie Indian Tribe of Oklahoma.
1: Mr. Miley, you may proceed. Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the Court. This case involves a convenience store operated by the tribe on land held in trust by the United States Government for the benefit of the tribe. The tribe sells untaxed cigarettes and other convenience store items from its store to the general public at large uh, without collecting the state taxes. The issues in this case are whether the state taxes are applicable to this tribal business and whether the doctrine of sovereign immunity prevents the state from collecting its taxes. Uh, Oklahoma law requires the vendor to collect these taxes. These taxes are validly imposed upon the citizens of this state. Uh, The vendor, in this case, is the tribe. Under the cases of Moe and Coville, uh, Moe is a 1976 case, and, and Coville from 1980, uh, this court required tribal sellers on a reservation in those cases to collect the state taxes against, uh, on sales to non-tribal members.
2: Well, now you don't assert any right to collect taxes for sale to tribal members, I trust.
1: Uh, yes, we do.
2: You assert that you can do that as well. Yes,
1: uh, I believe this case is on and point. And what
2: authority um, do you cite for that proposition?
1: Well, I, I think this case is on point with the Mescalero Apache Tribe versus Jones decision from 1973, and uh, there we had an off-reservation business operated by the tribe that was found to be liable for $26,000 in in grocery sales taxes on its sales, and then it and that. Uh, well, if pro- we
2: think that this is on um, what amounts to Indian land, do you take that position?
1: Well, I think the uh, uh, McClanahan case and the, the Coville case find that the tribal members in those, ta- those cases were not taxable because they, uh, the, the sales occurred on the reservation, or in the McClanahan case, the uh, individual earned her income on the reservation And because the state taxation would infringe upon the tribe's right to govern itself within that reservation, uh, those taxes were not allowed. Here we don't have a reservation situation as this Court has found in the Oklahoma Tax Commission versus United States. Uh, The situation in Oklahoma is much different. Uh, There are no reservations as such as as are found in in other states. And the facts of this case show that uh, in 1891, there was a some certain session agreement uh, that this court held in uh, the Dakota case, uh, found that, those, that that this specific session agreement, which was mentioned in the case, uh, did disestablish the reservations that, that were involved in that, that agreement. But
2: the land on which this store is located is held in trust by the United States for the tribe? Is that correct?
1: That is correct. The, the uh, land, the particular land in this case, was uh, uh, conveyed back, to the United, back from the United States uh, in 1961 and 1964 to the tribe in unrestricted status, in non-trust status, because the federal government did not want to uh, maintain any supervision over the land because uh, that would be too much trouble and, and expense for the federal government. Uh, so they did not want to to maintain the land in, in any way. Uh, in 1976, though, the tribe did want to build some public buildings uh, uh, and uh, a community center, and they wanted to apply for loans. The federal government, the Economic Development Administration, for their protection, wanted this land to be held in trust by the United States rather than in the tribe's own name. So in 1975, that land was transferred in trust under Section 501, but that section, uh, Title 25, Section 501 um, uh, of the United States Code, uh, but that section doesn't set up any reservation status for the land, uh, and, and it is, it is uh, uh, my position that that the in order to to create a reservation, uh, the the uh, Congress or the President of the United States must act to do that, and and I don't think that's been done in this case.
0: Well, doesn't doesn't our McGowan case? Say that lands held in trust by the United States for the Indians have much the same status as reservation
1: lands well I, I think there, the, the, uh, there are cases that hold that, that trust land uh, uh, in, the, in the for instance in the, in the John decision that trust land is uh, uh, a reser- has reservation status, but I, I believe in those cases there was a, a resident tribal population. Uh, in those cases, where the where the government was supervising that land,
0: here there is no resident tribal population. Uh, not these, these
1: are lands that are uh, for the tribal headquarters and a, and a golf course and uh, public buildings here, um, uh, but but. At, at any rate, even, even on a reservation, the tax laws of the state of Oklahoma uh, would apply to the, to the transactions. And, and I think as we have seen in, 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 in these population statistics uh, that, that were located in our brief, uh, we can see the, the assimilation of this tribe into the general community. And uh, it's safe to say that most of the sales from this tribal store are not to tribal members um, but uh i think the cases of mo and coville uh clearly stand for the state's rights uh and and i think the mescalero point uh, the mescalero case uh, uh goes on to say that uh, uh tribal tribal businesses that are located off the reservation uh are subject to the same state laws as all other businesses and i think in that mescalero case in note 11 The solicitor uh, uh, argued in that case that 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 land was virtually held in trust for the tribe in that situation, uh, although it was a lease from the the, uh, uh, Department of Interior, I believe. However, it would have been uh, uh, useless to transfer the land in that situation. So that was, in effect, trust land in that case. So I believe this case is is on point when you look at the cases of Oklahoma Tax Commission versus United States, uh, along with the Mescalero case. uh, I I believe that uh, the uh, uh, federal intent in in Oklahoma was not to create this kind of uh, 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 situation, and and clearly Congress did not want to go back to the reservation situation when they were passing the uh, uh, Indian uh, Reorganization Act uh, they wanted to exclude Oklahoma from that and uh, uh, pass a separate act for Oklahoma because uh, uh, Oklahoma has gone, gone past the reservation system. And I think that was – yes.
3: I'm not sure what you're – are you arguing that there has to be a declaration of reservation status before the Indian tribe would have so- sovereign powers in the area? Well, because you know, I don't think our cases support that. I think we've no, clearly no. said to the contrary. I think we said in Johns that uh, the test is simply whether the land has been validly set apart for the use of the Indians as such under the superintendence of the government. Correct, and, and we've held in other cases, haven't we, that it doesn't have to be a formal declaration of, of, of reservation status.
1: Correct, but I believe in in this case when when. The the McClanahan case uh, specifically states, and and also in Williams versus Lee, in in a footnote, that uh, when they were talking about the Arizona uh, situation, the the Navajo reservation in that situation, they say these these notions of Indian sovereignty are not applicable in cases such as where Indians have left or never inhabited reservations, such as uh, Oklahoma Tax Commission versus United States. So. uh,
3: Not applicable when Indians have, have left? You mean when the tribe is, is not in residence? Is that, is that the key that you say makes the difference here?
1: Well, yes. The, well, in the situation of the, these Indians in this state, uh, in Oklahoma, there is not that reservation status uh, as, as that status is recognized in other states. I, I, why? 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 If the test
3: is whether the land has been validly set apart for the use of the Indians as such under superintendence of the government, that test would certainly apply here.
1: Well, it would apply to a certain extent, but it's not the, – the, the land was uh, transferred in trust in 1975 in order for the tribe to qualify for loans. Uh, before that time, the federal government had no interest in, in ever supervising this, this piece of land. So I, I think there is a difference in this case, uh, but, but you are, you are correct, in, 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 in other situations this Court has, has uh, uh, held differently, but, but I don't think we have these facts, and I don't think Congress really intended for reservation status uh, to be developed again in Oklahoma because of the uh, failure of that system in, in previously.
2: Well, the Solicitor General doesn't agree with you on this point, I take it.
1: Uh, I don't believe the uh, Solicitor General does. No. No. Um, uh, at, at any rate, uh, uh, I, I, our position is that, that whether it is a reservation or not, uh, and, and even if it is held to be a reservation, the sales are still still taxable. Uh, however, what we are experiencing in this case is that uh, although this Court has found that in, in 1976 in, in Mo in 1980 in Coville, in 1985 in, in the Chimahuevi decision out of California that uh, tribal stores just like this one should collect the state's taxes on uh, sales to non-members. On sales to tra- non-members. Yeah, but which, you claim uh,
4: they should collect it on sales to members too.
1: Well, yes, I do. No, but sure. but uh, if, if they collected uh, sales against non-members in this situation, they would be collecting taxes on 99% of their sales. Um, so... Well, oh, so,
4: uh, the SG says that the, the Court of Appeals was wrong in enjoining you from collecting. The tax. Collecting right? the tax. To non members. Well, the Tenth Circuit. Uh, oh, the, the SG, the Solicitor General says yes. that the Court of Appeals was in error in enjoining you from collecting the tax. Correct. All right. And how would, let's just assume that the SG is right, that there was an error, that that injunction should be vacated, uh, the injunction enjoining you from collecting any tax. How would you collect it?
1: Well, in this case, we uh, have issued an assessment. Uh, under the
4: SG's view, the, the tribe is immune from suit. Uh, you couldn't sue them. How would you collect it?
1: Well, that, that is the problem we are faced. We cannot uh, collect it unless uh, the tribe cooperates.
2: Could you sue the store manager? Uh, well, we do you have... Require the manager to set aside the money and, and do what's necessary?
1: Well, under Oklahoma law, the owner of the, the store is responsible rather than employees. We could not hold an employee liable, uh, even though it, it might be their duty. We have to go against the owner, and the owner in this case... You
2: don't think you would have jurisdiction to go after the employee not to hold him liable, but to require, by way of an injunction or other court order that the employees set aside this money? For well, we,
1: we have had, we, in, in, a, in another case, in the uh, uh, Chickasaw Nation case that, that was up here a few years ago, we did try to sue the, the manager of the store, but uh, the uh, Tenth Circuit opinion, which was vacated, and, and that case is now before the uh, Oklahoma Supreme Court, but uh, uh, the Tenth Circuit had held in that case that we could not... Uh, get around tribal sovereign immunity by, by assessing uh, tribal employees uh, for the tax.
0: Well, but th- this court isn't bound by any ruling of the Tenth Circuit. as has witnessed the fact we've got this case here on certiorari.
1: Correct. Uh, that's correct. So I, I'm, I was just merely stating that, that we have been unsuccessful thus far in, in that tax Uh, Would you require the wholesaler to affix
5: the stamps uh, on 100 percent of the cigarettes and then just rebate uh, the tribe for those that were sold to Indians?
1: Well, that's what we we do require the wholesaler to do that. However, when um, uh, the the tribes in in Oklahoma purchase their cigarettes from as far away as Tennessee or or Nebraska uh, from wholesalers who have no... uh, uh, nexus with the state of Oklahoma. They will then ship those in on, on common carrier or, or otherwise, uh, basically bootleg them into the state. They're
5: not doing business in the state of Oklahoma by the, by the end sale? Uh,
1: no, no. Uh, if, if they don't, don't have a presence within the state, of – if they merely, uh, ship on common uh-huh. carrier to, to a certain location, uh, they have, uh, uh, There's there's no sufficient nexus. If they don't have any any trucks or or a a warehouse or anything in in Oklahoma, we can't make those other wholesalers uh, pay the tax. So at at that point, uh, although it it is perfectly uh, uh, fine for for someone to buy cigarettes from an out-of-state wholesaler, that's not disallowed. But at that point, the retailer is then obligated to purchase the stamps. Uh, Because the retailer is located in Oklahoma, we do have jurisdiction over over the retailer, and in that case the the retailer would be responsible. Uh, If those taxes were not properly paid, then the retailer would be responsible for the delinquent liabilities. And uh, that puts us back facing the tribe again. Um, And uh, uh, the only other way to enforce that would be uh, seizures of of the shiploads of cigarettes coming in. and, and that is... I, I,
5: we can pursue it some other time, but I, I don't see how you'd have authority to seize and not authority to require that the tax stamp be affixed.
1: Well, we, we do not have the authority for, to, to require a wholesaler in another state to comply with our laws uh, if they are not themselves coming into this state to make the deliveries or, or if we do not have any evidence that they are coming into this state to make those deliveries. And uh, so we would kind of have to catch them in the act, and then we would, we would have to hold their property like a truck in order to enforce that. Um, so so we, we have trouble enforcing the laws across state lines. That's why we uh, look to the people that are located in Oklahoma to uh, enforce this law against. And uh, uh, so that brings us to examination of tribal sovereign immunity, um, and, and of course, as this court has held in the United States Fidelity and Guarantee case in 1932, and, and again in the Pilu case uh, in 1977, the, this tribe is immune from suit. However, it is my position that uh, circumstances has, have changed such that uh, this doctrine should be re-examined Uh, Back in 1932, that case involved a lawsuit by the United States to protect tribal coal royalties uh, that were owed to the tribe, and uh, uh, the tribe was was, uh, held to be immune from a counterclaim uh, in that suit because the the United States government was trying to protect the the fragile existence of the tribal ward, and uh, it it was... uh, 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 necessary in in that circumstance. I think, however, the scope of the tribal entity has increased uh, greatly from those days and they are now reaching into the community of the state where state laws do apply. Uh, I think this uh, this is quite a drastic change and requires us to look again uh, at the sovereign immunity doctrine. Uh, now, I'm not saying that sovereign immunity of an Indian tribe should be abandoned for all purposes or that it would be a- should, should be absolutely abrogated um, in any way. I'm just trying to accommodate the interests of the state and the interests in, in collecting the taxes from, from the state citizens who are properly taxable. Um, the, the The sovereign immunity I believe is a limited sovereign immunity for an Indian tribe, which should be limited to uh, properly the tribal courts and the internal and, and social relations of of the tribe, certainly, and uh, uh, in in the tribe's Commercial uh, area where where they are dealing with with uh, 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 people who stand on, on maybe a different footing than the state of Oklahoma, I can see where they could assert sovereign immunity uh, in that case, but uh, here we don't we aren 't dealing with a, with a consensual relationship as such, and we are uh, uh, faced with a situation where we are trying to get the tribe to cooperate with the tax laws of Oklahoma, which uh, we feel under previous decisions of this Court that we have a right uh, to have them, them um, uh, administrate on our behalf. Um, I think this Court has found that that administration is not such a burden on the tribe that it would infringe tribal self-government. And we certainly recognize the the government of the tribe, um, but I believe that uh, the sovereign immunity of this tribe does not go so far as to displace these valid state laws. And I believe that's what the tribe, uh, as as differentiated from from how the sovereign immunity doctrine has been uh, used in the past, this tribe is using the sovereign immunity doctrine to evade valid law enforcement. I will reserve the balance of my time.
0: Very well, Mr. Miley. Uh, Mr. Needler, we'll hear now from you.
6: Thank you, Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the Court. It is the position of the United States in this case that the Court may dispose of the case by application of three settled principles. First, that federal law affords Indian tribes immunity from all suits except where Congress has ex- expressly consented to such suits or the tribe waives its immunity. Second, that states may not tax sales of goods on an Indian reservation to members of a tribe. And third, that states may tax uh, non-Indians who purchase goods from an Indian tribe or a member of a tribe on an Indian reservation. The first of these points arises in connection with the uh, tax Commission's counterclaim against the tribe in this case. Uh, the tribe concedes that that counterclaim is barred under existing law, under the existing rule of federal sovereign immunity. But it urges the court uh, to modify that rule or to abandon that rule in the context of this case. Uh, but this court has said on several occasions that it is up to Congress to modify, <coughs> excuse me, uh, tribal sovereign immunity, where Congress believes that that is wise, and it is Congress that could best take into account the various competing considerations. Uh, the infringements on tribal sovereignty that might be implicated, economic consequences for a tribe in exposing it to not only the cost of litiga- litigation but adverse judgments. Well, Mr.
2: Needler, it's a pretty empty right to be able to tax the sales if there's no way for the state to enforce it. What can the state do, really, well, there, as a practical matter? Well, there are a number of... Uh, can they sue and, and get some kind of... Uh, affirmative injunction against the manager of the store to require the taxes to be?
6: There, there are several possible remedies. Now, the court made clear in Santa Clara Pueblo versus Martinez that uh, tribal sovereign immunity extends only to the tribe. It does not protect, under, under a rationale analogous tax party young, does not protect uh, tribal officers from suit. So in this case, the manager of the tribal store or other persons responsible for operating it uh, would not be protected by sovereign immunity. Now, there may be a question as to what forum such a suit could be brought in, um, but the, as we read the, tri- the tribal code, the tribal court, for example, would be, ex- would be available. But in any event, the Tax Commission has not tried that. Also, although the Tax Commission argues here that it has no ability to uh, – uh, enforce its law against wholesalers who ship from out-of-state, even though it concedes it can from in-state. That, hap- that just happens to be the arrangement of Oklahoma law at the present time. It's possible that Oklahoma may be able to amend its law to impose a duty on wholesalers who ship from out-of-state or consign shipments to shippers who bring them into state to impose the tax stamps on the cigarettes in the same manner that it currently uh, requires of wholesalers who have a place of business in the state.
0: Mr. Needler, in, in your view... Uh should this Court be deciding that anyway?
6: No, no, it should not. In our, in our view, the, the, uh, the, the proper course uh, for the Court to follow would be to affirm the tribe's own immunity from suit and to vacate that court and, and therefore affirm the dismissal of the counterclaim. But with respect to the tribe's suit for affirmative injunctive relief, we think that all the Court really needs to do here is to vacate the injunction that the Court of Appeals ordered, premised on the view that as a substantive matter, the tribe did not have to collect the tax on the sales to non-Indians or Indians. As we explained in our brief, the Court sought to distinguish this Court's holdings in Moe, Colville, and Chemawavy, that the State may collect uh, taxes on sales to non-Indians, on the ground that Oklahoma has not accepted jurisdiction under Public Law uh, 280. As we explained in our brief, however, uh, Bryan v. Itasca County held that Public Law 280 does not confer taxing jurisdiction on States that accept jurisdiction, uh, under that law, <coughs> we think it follows that Oklahoma's refusal to accept jurisdiction under Public Law 280 does not withhold taxing jurisdiction from the state. In other words, Public Law 280 is simply put to one side on the question of the state. So the,
4: you say the Court of Appeals erred in enter, entering the injunction against collecting the, t- the, uh, the, sales, the sales tax on sales to non-members. Right.
6: And, and for that reason, we think the Court should vacate the injunction that the Court of Appeals or vacate the judgment below to the extent I guess, the we've, left, I
4: guess we've left the uh, States in that same position before, that's
6: correct. It? In both in both Chimilevy and in and in uh, uh, Colville there was there was a um, sovereign immunity claim against counterclaims by tribes in essentially identical situations as this. And in Chemuevi, although the court granted review and summarily reversed on the on the substantive tax question, it left standing the lower court's rulings on the sovereign immunity question. This is an arrangement that has been uh, in existence for some time, that the state has the substantive right to tax but cannot sue the tribe. Mr. Needler, I-
3: even before the passage of the Foreign Sovereign Immunities <coughs> Act, my, uh, my recollection is that at least some courts had adopted what, what, most, uh, what has been adopted internationally an exception to sovereign immunity in the case of where where the, the supposed sovereign is, is not acting in a governmental capacity but, but in a commercial capacity. Now, if one applied the commercial exception to sovereign immunity here, uh, would, would the result be different?
6: The result might be different, but we think that would not be within the Court's authority. And even prior to the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act, the Court did not take it upon itself to modify that rule. Uh, At that point... With respect to
3: foreign countries, hadn't some of the courts of appeals done so? Well, I believe
6: not until the Tate letter in 1953. In other words, it was whichever political branch was responsible in the area of foreign sovereign immunity, the executive branch prior to the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act made sovereign immunity determinations with respect to foreign countries. The court did not, in other words, take it upon itself. With respect to this aspect of tribal sovereign immunity, like all others, this court has said that uh, the occasions for when a tribe should be uh, um, uh, brought out from under the, the usual federal rules—that that's the responsibility of the political branches because there is a, a political judgment. Well, but then the it, was the, of,
0: it was this court that first created tribal sovereign immunity. It wasn't, it wasn't an act of Congress. It was
6: not an act of Congress, but I, but I don't think it, it's entirely fair to say that the court created. It. I think the court recognized it, looking to the status of Indian tribes within the constitutional scheme. The Constitution uh, refers to Indian nations. In, under the Commerce Clause, and gives to Congress the authority to regulate commerce with the Indians. That's exactly with the Indian Nations, which is exactly what we have here, commerce with an Indian nation.
7: Mr. What is your understanding of the source of the Indian <laughs> tribal immunity? What is, where, did they, where did it come from?
6: It, it, it derives uh, from the status of Indian nations as sovereign entities that predate the Constitution, in fact, and that are recognized in the Constitution, just like the, the, the federal rule barring sale of Indian lands without the consent of the federal government. It stems from... Well, statutory. Cong- well, uh, but it, it, pre- it predated the Constitution, and in Oneida the court recognized it as a common law rule in addition to a statutory rule. But in any event, as to both rules, the court said until Congress consents, the, the established rule, in that case against alienation of land and in this case against sovereign immunity, um, uh, prevails until Congress creates an exception, and Congress has, in fact, acted on that assumption uh, in numerous occasions, as we pointed out in our brief.
4: Mr. Neuberger, your brief says uh, the question of what remedies the state might have should be left in the first instance uh, to the court of appeals, if necessary. I mean, oh, how would that ever be? A, how would how would the question of remedy ever be up in the court of appeals? Well, it depends. I mean, they would be passing on the the tribe brought the suit. One in the injunction, and you say, "Well, they shouldn't have got an injunction."
6: Well, they shouldn't have got at it, the end of the case. They shouldn't have gotten as broad an injunction as they did. The injunction the Court of Appeals held applied even to sales to uh, I know. non-members. Oh, I know. Now, it... Uh, we, we it, set aside that injunction, right? And it, <clears throat> in first, part. first of all, if the if the tribe. Um, Recognizing that this Court will have held that it must collect taxes on sales to non-members, we think that the tribe should be given an opportunity to do so, and that we should not assume that once the, the tribe and the Court of Appeals are disabused of the notion that Moe and Colville don't apply, perhaps the tribe will voluntarily proceed. But then there's the other possibility of a suit, and also the possibility of well, I know, suit.
4: but the Court of Appeals wouldn't necessarily get, it, get into anything without no, no. remedy. No, No, what, what we... They would suppose, do... I suppose they would, they would leave, the, leave the state exactly where we've left them before.
6: Well, more completely, I think it, it, the Court of Appeals could address that if necessary. Uh, we think that this is something best left to the tribe and the state to work out on remand. Uh,
5: Mr. Needer, why is there difficulty in suing the uh, tribal store manager uh, in an Oklahoma state court just because they can't physically get uh, jurisdiction?
6: No, because, because Oklahoma has not accepted jurisdiction under Public Law 280, civil adjudicatory jurisdiction, at least with respect to an Indian on an in Indian country in Oklahoma would not reside in, this, in the state courts. But that simply follows from Oklahoma's decision not to assume jurisdiction mm-hmm. under Public Law 280. Uh, with respect to the reservation status of this land, I'd like to point out that the, the Tenth Circuit's decision in this case follows not only from John and McGowan, where the Court said that the uh, formal designation of reservation status is not necessary, but also decisions of the 5th, 9th and 10th circuits, other circuits with uh, Indian, considerable Indian country, which have also held the tribal trust land such as this, enjoys reservation status. And most recently, Congress has affirmed that principle in the Indian Gaming Statute, which basically codifies the, the preemption principles this court applied in Cabazon and specifically held that those preemption principles apply to tribal trust land, not just formal, formally designated re- reservation land, and specifically with respect to Oklahoma. And, in fact, the, this tribe has a bingo parlor on this very uh, parcel of land and is protected by similar immunities. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Needler. Uh, Mr. Minnis, we'll hear now from you.
8: Mr. Chief Justice, may it please the Court... The tribe has an entirely fundamentally different uh, perspective on this case and how it arose. This case did not arose under any fact similarities to Moe v. Colville or any of the other cases. This case was a simple case, and the court below, at least it began that way. It was a proposed tax assessment. This is not a case of collection. It's a case of a direct proposed tax assessment against the tribe. The tribe sought... And filing suits are one remedy and one remedy only, and that was to enjoin that proposed tax assessment. And uh, to this date, and we haven't heard it here today because they've been all talking about Moe versus Calville, we have heard no authority for the proposition that the state may tax an Indian tribe. And if they have no authority, then what they were proposing to do was to, to uh, uh, take an action that was clearly illegal.
4: I know, but the assessment was for sales tax that should have been withheld and wasn't.
8: Your Honor, I don't think that makes any difference. If you're immune from tax, it doesn't make any difference whether or not. Oh, uh,
4: well, <clears throat> you th- you think we haven't held uh, that uh, the state may insist on the tribe uh, withholding sales tax on sales uh, to non-members? Yes, sir.
8: You have held in certain cases that in certain states that uh, the st- state may require Indian tribes to cooperate, and if they don't cooperate, they're not entitled to injunctive relief. But you have never held, at least as far as I can tell, that an Indian tribe can be directly taxed by the state. In this case, there was no evidence of any prior collection or what have you. It was simply a raw, direct tax assessment, $2.6 million, that would have had to have been paid by the tribe, not from any pre-collection or any prior
4: range. Uh, what does the... Uh what do you mean an assessment? All they did is write them a letter, didn't they? What they do? Your Honor, the writing of that letter is a very Well, I know, but critical. when you say an assessment... Uh, I proposed you just it said, said uh, please pay us these tax.
8: And in, and in 30 days, if we had not filed a protest with the state, the uh, tax would have been final.
4: Well, and then what would have happened?
8: Then they would have done whatever well, else it was that they could oh, have Oh, I know, but they...
4: What would they what would, wouldn't have... If, you're, if the tribe's immune, I don't know how they could have sued him or done anything else. But come on the land and, and, and uh, t- attach the well, what? Well, it,
8: it's, it's a little bit uh, uh, hypothetical to talk about what we might have done had they directly proposed assessment against the tribe. This case arose when they proposed the 2.6 million dollar assessment against the tribal chairman, who, in 30 days, he would have been personally liable. Li- and, and given that. Uh, situation: We f- we felt that they, they had no, uh, we had no, uh, uh, we had no. Ch- I mean, we we had had to take action to protect this individual, or he personally would have been liable for the 2.6 billion dollars. It was after we filed suit that the tax commission then said that that the uh, that they were proposing their assessment against the tribe.
5: And well, we I'm proceeded. not sure it's an assessment against the tribe. That the state's taking a position that they're taxing a transaction and the transaction is taxable.
8: Yes, Your Honor, that's what they're contending, but what I'm saying is that that's not related to the action that they took. They did not take action to try and get us to collect it. They never came to us and said, you ought to be licensed. They never came to us and said, start collecting us. One day, after we have been doing, been selling on the tribe's uh, land for centuries, or not centuries, however long we've been there, suddenly
4: we get a $2.6 million letter. You, you know, the tribe knows what the law is about, what the sales tax law is, and you've never been withholding and returning the tax. Well, I'm not
8: is sure, right? it, I, I'm not sure it'd be fair to say the tribe knows what the law is. uh, uh <laughs> well, you honor, whether they do or not, uh, I think this court has said many times that you're bound by it, whether you know about it or not, but I, I mean, I, I'm just saying it would, I don't think it's necessarily true that they knew what the law was.
2: Well, they Mr. W- Menace, let's say that we, follow the Colville case and the Solicitor General's position and that we agree that Oklahoma is entitled to tax the transaction of sale of cigarettes to non-members uh, of the tribe, that that's a taxable event and the, tribe, uh, the, the state can require the tribe to uh, collect the tax and pay it over. Now,
8: is the tribe willing to do that? I can't speak for the tribe in the sense that I'm not their business committee, but I I would suggest that they have acted, I I think that they have acted consistent with what they perceive the law to be. Even uh, Justice White asked me about whether or not they surely knew what the law was. But we have taken the position in response to the Mole v. Colville analogy that Oklahoma and and this particular tribe is in a different situation than the tribes were in Colville. And that different situation arises from the fact that the specific land that was involved here is land that the United States government promised would never be part of the jurisdiction of any state, and we contend that that promise was uh, codified in the Constitution.
2: Well, I I ask, though, suppose we take the view uh, that the Solicitor General has urged here that these transactions, at least as to sales to non-members, are taxable?
8: Yes. Would the Where tr- does that leave us? Well.
2: There have been sales to non-members, apparently substantial sales to non-members, and that continues to this day, I assume. That's correct. Now, let's say we think those are perfectly taxable.
8: Well, then I would, I, I would – and I, I'm just be assuming, done? because it's a hypothetical, that they would
0: well, either quit selling cigarettes
8: or they, would, uh, or they would collect the tax. Mm-hmm.
5: But your contention is that uh, neither this court nor the uh, courts that have heard the case previously uh, has the authority to make that decision in this case? Because it's not an issue that's properly before us?
8: That's correct, Your Honor. As we view the case, the case is simply a, an assessment case. We're being assessed for failure to collect for a period of time from 1981, I think, to 1986.
4: Yes, but they reversed the district court. The district court prospectively indicated that, uh, that, that the uh, tribe should collect the sales tax.
8: In response to the counterclaim by the yesterday. Well,
4: I know what the, the, the court of appeals reversed them.
8: They reversed them on the basis that the uh, tribe had sovereign immunity, and that the, the, the uh, court, the district courts, reversed well, court that it they is.
4: couldn't even tax uh, couldn't even tax uh, sales to non-members. And uh, if, if if we say they were wrong in that, uh, I would suppose we reverse them. Well, the the, uh,
8: the relief that the Tenth Circuit granted was simply a, a uh, reverse remanded for entry of order as prayed for, and the order it was prayed for by the uh, tribe was was simply an injunction against the proposed assessment.
0: But the, the Court of Appeals, in its opinion, certainly went further. Yes, Your said Honor. the injunction should cover not merely the sale of cigarettes to tribal members but to uh, non-members because of its analysis of Public Law 280.
8: I don't think they said that the injunction that would be entered after remand was supposed to uh, be broad enough to cover that. I think what they said in dicta was we say in, uh, that uh, that the uh, Colville case is not... Uh, we noticed that the Colville case took place in a Public Law 280 state, and hence the, the arguments being made by the state are not valid. But when you get to the, the end of the opinion, all they say in the opinion is not to, to, to enter an injunction well, consistent I, I, with I what we it, said, but rather with the uh, I take prayer. it
4: then uh, it wouldn't bother you if we said there is no existing injunction against the state from collecting sales tax. That's what you say. The Court of Appeals didn't enjoin the state from collecting sales tax on, on sales to non-members.
8: That's correct. All, all, that the, all that we're suggesting is that, is that the relief we sought, is all we're asking for is to, is to enjoin them from assessing uh, this tax against the tribe. That's the only relief we asked for.
0: for. From from assessing the tax on, the, on sales to non-members or to members or to uh, both? In this case, assessing the tribe, the proposed assessment against the tribe. We didn't ask them to future... To
8: tell us that we could in the future, uh, uh, not have to collect it, we didn't ask that,
0: uh, well, but give it, it uh well, we're perfectly. playing with words to a certain extent. Uh, do, do you agree, uh, on behalf of your client with the Court of Appeals position that Public Law 280 means that the Colville and, uh, Moe cases and their doctrines do not apply in this situation? Yes, Your Honor. We're, argu- we're arguing that as an
8: alternative in response to their counterclaim. That, that their counterclaim was not valid because in Oklahoma there's a situation that's different from Montana, Washington, and California, which were public law 280.
5: Well, when you invoke the jurisdiction of the court to ask for its equitable powers to be exercised on your behalf in a situation as complex as this, uh, why isn't it pr- appropriate for the court to make an announcement uh, that uh, perhaps the tribe is, is, uh, cannot be... Uh, assessed directly uh, but that the tribe has the duty and the responsibility to remit the taxes to the state
8: well um, one thing that uh, I I think that there's no uh, factual foundation for that in the the sense of the the, uh, the factual dispute that caused the filing of the lawsuit in the first place they've never asked us to collect it. they've never uh, attempted to license us or what have you the only thing that precipitated this lawsuit and the only fact that's in the case in this, uh, in the case below is simply the proposed tax letter. In fact, there's not even any, uh, uh factual dispute because of a, an anomaly. There's not really not any facts in the record concerning the counterclaim because at the time that the matter was submitted to the court on briefs, the stipulations all re- went to the uh, tribes part of the action because they, the parties erroneously thought that the motion to dismiss the counterclaim was still pending. It wasn't. It had already been ruled on. And it was only later that they found out that the uh, the uh, counterclaim, the motion to dismiss the counterclaim had been overruled, so there's no factual record even on that the, the counterclaim part of it. But, <laughs> but that brings me to the second issue, which I think is before the court. The first issue is whether or not the uh, tax assessment is proper, and the second is the counterclaim. And I would suggest that uh, there is not a particularized reason now for doing away with the sovereign immunity, Uh, and certainly not in this case. If, as we've argued, the proposed tax assessment is unlawful, then what this court would be condoning would be condoning the state taking clearly unlawful action and using it as a way to bootstrap themselves to litigate issues that concern them. If the state was truly concerned about litigating the issue of collection, there are other ways that they could have brought this issue to the court besides the uh, issue of direct tax assessment for which they have yet to, survive to provide this court with any authority to support what action that they took. If they wanted the mole case or the Colville case, they could have taken actions that this court has uh, recognized in those cases that they could take since it's seizing uh, cigarettes bound for the, uh, the tribal Reservation and what have you. And then they would have had the factual foundation to raise all the issues they would have raised had the tribe then gone in and sought relief. But here they went a route that uh, I think has been at least implicitly uh, uh, indicated that even all those cases is not the proper route to take, which is to, ass- to assess the tribe with the tax.
7: May I ask you on that? Supposing the uh, state had uh, seized a shipment of cigarettes, yeah, destined for the tribe and presumably owned by the tribe because they would be shipped by a common carrier and the property presumably passed at the time of shipment. And the tribe brought suit and said, "Give us back our cigarettes. We're immune. We have sovereign immunity, and therefore our property is immune from seizure of this kind." How would you decide that case?
8: In favor of the tribe.
7: Well, then, what is what remedy does the state have? Well, How can they collect their tax? I thought you said they could seize cigarettes, but now you well, say I- they can't.
8: Well, I, I, no, I'm, I'm suggesting that if they wanted to raise the issue of the uh, propriety of seizing the cigarettes, that that's the way they should have proceeded. will
7: still lose, is what you're saying.
8: Well, we still defend that lawsuit. We wouldn't be defending another lawsuit. Yeah. See, we're, that, that's the argument we're making here, is that we're being asked to defend the, the lawsuit that they didn't bring, that they could have brought. And uh, the one that they have brought is whether or not... And the, the one that they solely defined by the actions they took was a tax assessment. That's the way they brought this lawsuit. I mean, that's what caused this lawsuit to be brought, not some of these other things that perhaps they could have done.
7: Well, they could have done, but with the same result was the problem, I suppose.
8: Well, we, we, would, yeah. argue that, uh, yeah. we would argue this, uh, the, the same result. In this case, of course, they did, uh, as we later learned, uh, uh, they did uh, assess the uh, wholesaler uh, <laughs> for the same taxes that they are attempting
4: to Well, let's, let's assume that we hold that that, that uh, the state is entitled to uh, collect sales taxes on sales by non-members and that the tribe should have been withholding uh, those taxes. Or should they, uh, and, if they sh- and if, of course, if they should from now on withhold, they should have withheld in the past. Now, what's, uh, what's wrong with the state saying, uh, writing a letter and saying, uh, look... You should be withholding, and you haven't been withholding. Now pay us what you haven't withheld. Is that so insulting? I would think...
8: (laughs) Well, it it, it is insulting if you uh, uh, contend that you are a sovereign and that you are immune from suit and you're immune from tax. The idea that they would have to directly remit it,
4: yeah. No, but the state says, well, your immunity uh, doesn't cover sales uh, to non-members and cites these cases... uh, Just because it's called a tax assessment, does not it may be a demand to pay because you haven't been withholding. That's all it was, wasn't it?
8: Well, yes, Your Honor, but I mean, it's not as if they said,
4: start well, collecting taxes. The tribe owns it, a store, the tribe's the one that should have been withholding taxes, and they didn't withhold. Yes, Your Honor, but I, the, you still
8: end up with who pays the money, and the money would be paid by the tribe under a direct tax
0: assessment. Well, but perhaps the tribe is liable if it should have been collecting a sales tax on, on sales to non-members. Your Honor, that, that uh, would, would presuppose that the uh, Oklahoma
8: state uh, tax laws are applicable to the tribe, and if they are applicable to the tribe, are just those laws or are all Well, cer-
0: certainly Moe and Colville said that Montana and Washington state tax laws were uh, applicable to the tribes who were involved in those lawsuits.
8: In, that, in those cases, the court was clear to point out that the incidence of the tax was not on the tribe, as it is in this case, and that, and that the, uh, the collection of the, uh, the tax was something that the tri- Those cases arose from the tribe sought to declaratory and injunctive relief, and what this court did was say, you're not entitled to the uh, uh, injunctive relief uh, because uh, you, you, should, uh, you should have been collecting the tax, and since you didn't collect the tax, we're not going to give you the injunctive relief you've asked for to stop the uh, trucks from coming into uh, your reservation. For the reasons that uh, have been expressed here and are further articulated in our brief, we would urge this Court to affirm the decision of the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Minnis. Mr. Miley, you have three minutes remaining. Thank you, Mr. Chief Justice.
1: Um, I would just like to uh, conclude by stating that, uh, first of all, the state has the authority under state law to require this taxation. the tax assessment was made to enforce this tax collection. Uh, we, uh, 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 under the moen Coville decision, we believe we have the right to these taxes. Uh, we found no other way to uh, to to enforce these taxes than by tax assessment. In this case, uh, I it is it is my position that you cannot properly separate the collection. Uh, of a tax from, from the enforcement of the tax because as we have seen in this case uh, the tribe will not collect if the only consequence of that is is getting away with it. Uh, so they have operated for many years without collecting uh, with our uh, uh, likewise with the state's inability to, to has, ever enforce as law. the state of
4: Oklahoma or any other state as far as you know requested Congress to, uh, to uh, waive Tribes, tribal sovereign immunity where where the, uh, where the tribe has refused to uh, to pay, uh, to, to collect sales taxes and to
1: turn them over? No, we have not requested Congress to do that. Uh, I think Congress is not in, in a position uh, to do that, and I think... What do uh, you mean it
4: isn't in a position to do that?
1: Well, I, I believe Congress could do that if it wanted to. Uh, it just doesn't... Want to? They are not properly the uh, the tax collection agents for the state of Oklahoma. Uh, They are not concerned with collecting Oklahoma taxes. So, uh, I know, but they're uh, concerned uh, with the status of Indian tribes. uh, That's that's correct, Uh, and and uh, they would uh, uh, be be concerned, and and they have passed several laws, like the Bingo laws, to, to encourage economic development. But uh, uh, I, I think what we have here is, is uh, an area where uh, we, we do not need to go to Congress, to ask Congress, if, if the State of Oklahoma can collect its taxes. I, I believe well, we it, have...
2: it's an area where that's exactly what you ought to do. I think it's amazing the states haven't gone to Congress and said, look, we have a problem collecting these taxes. We're entitled to get them. Now, we need relief from you to waive sovereign immunity to that extent. Well, I would suggest that that's a perfectly valid position. For
1: that we, we could take that, that position, although uh, uh, Congress, I, that, w- that would be an, uh, a political decision that uh, uh, I don't think many Congress congressmen want to be put in a position uh, faced with constituents who who maybe feel differently about the issue than the state does. Um, Thank you. That is all I have.
0: Thank you, Mr. Miley. The case is submitted.